Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, hello. This is Michael Turrentine. I play Wes on Unwell. And if you're looking to spend more time in Mount Absalom, I hope you'll support us by becoming a member at audaciousmachinecreative.com. For $5 a month, members get an ad-free feed of not only Unwell, but also my other fantastic podcast, World Gone Wrong. You get extra content like annotated scripts, deleted scenes, and full tracks for the original music in the show. It's really fun, and it makes a huge impact on our ability to make more awesome podcasts like this. You can become a member at audaciousmachinecreative.com. Again, that's audaciousmachinecreative.com. You have to come. But do I, though? I'm not putting this up for discussion. Abby, could you get the sandwich bags down from the cupboard? No, the other one, the one next to it. Thank you. Sure thing. It sounds boring as hell, Mom. I'm well aware what it sounds like, but you have to trust me when I tell you it's so much better than what it sounds like. I don't know how you make a town council meeting sound like anything except a town council meeting. Think of it as a petting zoo. A pen full of chicks and piglets and baby goats roaming this way and that way, and a herd of first graders on a field trip shouting, Here, ducky, ducky, ducky! (laughs) Everybody thinks they want something, but nobody really knows what they want. And you go watch this on purpose? On the rare occasion that they manage to schedule one? Absolutely. It's the best community theater in town. Certainly couldn't be worse than your history pageants. I can't believe you're going with her. This isn't recreational, Lily. This is research. Public government sessions are a rich and highly particular vein of social data. I suppose that makes sense. I have attended over 350 meetings of local-level government in the past five years. I maintain a detailed lexicographical catalog of words and phrases commonly employed within these meetings. It's very enlightening. You have your obvious, expected high-saturation content, words like motion and recognizes. But you also notice, I'm not even kidding, that the idiom, we have bigger fish to fry, occurs with alarming frequency. Sometimes you are just delightfully odd, Abigail. What am I the other times? So, you see, daughter of mine, enlightening. Also, entertaining. Sometimes Maureen D'Souza will raise an objection before she's fully formed what her objection is. Her face, it sort of slumps, and everybody in the room leans forward to watch the gears moving, and right when you see the light bulb go off, you take one of these carrot sticks and you... One day, I'm going to get her to yell the word motherfucker in the middle of the meeting. I'll get a copy of the minutes, and when I'm feeling blue, I'll pull it out and take a look at it to be reminded of what I've accomplished. They'd probably strike it from the minutes. If they try to strike it from the minutes, I'll raise my own objection. I will raise holy hell. Okay, I'll come. Fantastic. I don't care about the town council. I'm coming to keep an eye on you. I'll take it. Listen, 
Speaking of keeping an eye on somebody, and since all three of us are in the room... Wes. Wes. Is he here? I don't think so. That's the problem, isn't it? That he might be? Gone one minute, back the next? That has been his M.O. so far. Well, I can't not talk about him just because he might suddenly appear out of thin air. And we do need to talk about him. Agreed. So what do we know right now? Nothing. That's not true. We have a collection of untested and, in some cases, untestable postulates. We know that Wes is a ghost. I've conceded to using your terminology, but we have no singular definition for what a ghost even is at this point. We do not have knowledge. We have observations. Then what are our observations? One, that Wes seems to appear without warning. Sometimes without any way, he could have entered a room without being noticed. One A, but he still walks home when he leaves here. Two, his home doesn't feel like a real building. Two A, the address for that home is not listed in the town records. Three, there's a marker in the cemetery with his name on it. Is that true? Yes, Mom, I told you that. The tombstone says Wes on it? It says Theodore Wesley. Wait. Wait, yes, this sounds familiar. Sorry, I'm remembering this now. Wes's real name is Theodore. No, Wes's real name is Wes. But there's a very strong possibility that he died as Theodore. Four. Wes is corporeal, or at least capable of making himself corporeal. Five. That thing, that whatever, what happened that night when the radiators went nuts and he couldn't tell me his social security number. That seizure he had at the celery festival. That doesn't make him a ghost, you know. We know. But we have to consider that, you know, maybe it's connected in some way. I'm having trouble following you here. Are these observations about Wes in general, or observations that indicate Wes is a ghost? Both, I think. And he's never been to Julian? And he's not the best at handling the account books? And his tours of the house are a little cornball, and sometimes he bites his nails and spits them on the floor. He does? What I'm saying... Did you keep any of them? The the clippings? No. No? I sweep them up and throw them out. And I tell him to stop doing that. And he says sorry, and then he forgets, and the cycle starts all over. But, but that's, that's evidence. Does it, like, does it disappear, or does it stick around, and how long before it... What I'm saying, Abby, is that you can't just toss out a bunch of random details and behaviors about Wes and act like each little one of them means he's a ghost. Mom, you saw his house. I know I did. I'm not saying he's not a ghost. I'm saying that, that, that... That we're manipulating observations to fit our hypothesis. Yes. Yes. If I knew to say it that way, then that's the way I would have said it. Fair. Wes is... Oh, oh, he's strange. I know. Nobody can deny that. But he's also sweet and kind, and I don't know where he came from, but he was exactly what I needed before you came home. So I'd prefer if the two of you, and me too, I need us all to remember that while we're trying to figure out what he is. Maybe instead of treating him like a bug on a slide, we just... Ask him. That's not what I was going to say. He's probably a ghost, but he's also a person. You don't stop treating him like a person just because I'm acting a little erratically. He's, because he's acting a little erratically. Mom. Shut up. Freudian slip. Don't read too much into it. Technically, a Freudian slip is... Abigail, if you define a Freudian slip right now, I will brain you with this cutting board. Somebody else want to finish chopping these? I'm tired. I'm going to take a nap. I'll do it. Thank you, Lily Bell. You should take a nap, too. Both of you. These things always start late, and you want to be sharp as a switchblade once the show gets rolling. Ask him. I think we have to. 
What do you suppose he's going to say? Mayor Lopez? Mayor Lopez, it's Chester. Can I come in? It's your deputy mayor. Come in. Welcome back, Mayor Lopez. I'm so glad that- Shh, shh, shh. I'm on the phone. No, no, Daphne, it's just my deputy mayor. Yes. I have a deputy now. Yes, the one you met. Yeah. I don't recall exactly. They sent a memo to me while we were in Upper Arlington, and I, I signed it. <laughs> don't be cruel. Of course he deserves it. But listen, I should probably cut this short. I imagine you ha- <laughs> Of course you do. Keep me posted on- Yes, the one from the medical board. Don't let him tell you less than 25. I have it on excellent authority that he found 40 he could give to that empty suit Fahey out of Hilliard, so he can find at least 25 for his good friend, Edgar Lopez. Yes, say it exactly like that. All right, Daphne. Thank you for everything you do. Bye now. Chet! Chester. Which Chet is short for, isn't it? Good to see you again. Good to have you back, Mr. Mayor. How's your campaign going? Uh, how does any campaign go, am I right? I'm afraid I don't know. No? No, <laughs> of course you don't. You will, though, one day. I've got a good feeling about you. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Well, since you ask, the event went very well, I would say. Very well. A lot of people stayed for the whole speech, and you know, I feel like this time they all listened. It was rejuvenating. I truly believe, Chet, that this time I am coming out on top, United States Senator Edgar Lopez of Ohio. Ah, got a ring to it, right? Like a Woody Guthrie song. I'm certain I speak for many of Mount Absalom's citizens when I say that we're fully behind our town's favorite son. Oh, that's very gratifying, Chet. So, I wanted to talk to you about the town council meeting tonight. Yes. I wanted to talk to you about that as well. Managed to schedule one, huh? It took some doing, but I wanted to- Do me a favor, would you? Um, sure. I'm trying out a new knot in my necktie. Is that a metaphor? What? No, no! <laughs> Here, look. Look at my tie. What do you see? A knot? A double Windsor. Classic. Dependable. I always just thought it was standard. Yeah, it is standard. Everybody and their uncle wears it. You wear it. Everybody else thinking about running for the Senate seat wears it. Now, what Daphne is always telling me is that if you want to pull ahead of the pack, you need to differentiate yourself. You need something that differentiates you. Like a policy. <laughs> Besides that. Like a new knot in your necktie. Exactamundo. So, I'm going to try a few different ones, and I'd like your Opinion. Okay? Focus group of one. Could we perhaps do this after we talk about- I am perfectly capable of holding a conversation and trying to tie a tie at the same time. A man that can't do that doesn't even deserve to be mayor, much less the junior senator from Ohio. Excellent. So, for the meeting tonight- I was thinking I should skip it tonight. I'm sure it will run just fine without me. Sir, forgive me, but you already missed the last four because of your campaign events. Did they run fine without me? They did, but... I rest my case. Voila. The Plattsburgh knot. Got reaction? It's good. Just good? It's fine. 
And so much for the Plattsburgh. You want me to come to the meeting? Why? Have people been talking? Talking? Uh, if Mayor Lopez really cared about Mount Absalom, he'd show up at the town council meetings! I doubt anybody says that. I'm sure somebody does. It's a small town, but it's not that small. Everybody's different. That's one of your fundamental lessons of politics. Aim for majority, not unanimity. I don't know who might say that, but it's not why... Mr. Mayor, the thing is... Bolfus, not. How's that? Is that different than the first one? The, uh, uh Windsor? Ugh, well, sure it is. That was a Windsor. This is a Bolfus. It's just that I can't really tell... Got it, got it, got it. I see what you mean. If you can't tell the difference between a Windsor and a Balthus, then most voters won't either. That's smart, Chad. Thank you, sir. If this ends up being the key to my campaign, I'm not going to forget how you helped. Contestant number three. Have you told me what you were here to tell me yet? We need to talk about Fenwood House. Now, I know what you're- Oh, for Pete's sake, this again? But trust me when I tell you- You goddamn Delphix and your- and your- your- Mr. Mayor? Obsession with this house. Can none of you take a hint? You tried this. Landmark status, yada yada. Eminent domain, yada yada. You you tried this three times with Mayor Friedel and once already with me. And it is embarrassing every single time. The town council is not having it. We have a $30,000 shortfall in the town budget, Mr. Mayor. We have a what? 30000 How much percent? Is that of our annual? More than I would like. More than you would like. <laughs> How did this happen? That's the good news. Oh, you never said there was good news. There is. Well, lead with that next time, okay? The good news is that it's all from one situation, and that situation happens to be Fenwood House. Well, we're down $30,000 because of Fenwood? Yes, because Fenwood is who owes us the money. For what? It's a little complicated. Uh, the best way I can describe it is it's a licensing fee that Fenwood pays regularly to Mount Absalom, and for some time now, Dot Harper has been refusing to pay it. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Dot to me. Always struck me as an upstanding gal, Dot did. She hasn't been quite herself lately. Early stages of Alzheimer's, I'm told. Oh, rough one. I, I'm sorry to hear that. Trinity not. Looks a little odd to me. Uh, agreed. Feels odd, too. Let's move on. So, instead of claiming the house as eminent domain, you're suggesting we repossess it? Of course not. Banks repossess, governments repurpose. What I'm suggesting is that we offer to assume stewardship of the house in exchange for clearing her debt. Uh-huh. Okay, explain to me exactly how clearing her debt gets us 30k back out of the hole. I knew you'd ask me that. One word, tourism. Yeah, I'm going to need you to use more words than that. The point is, and I can show you the presentation later, the point is that over time, this ends up paying for itself. It's a long-term vision. Ooh, my favorite kind. I know it is. Although in the short term, you seem to be glossing over the part where I appear in front of the town council tonight and beat up an old woman. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the tone you take at all. I told you, Mr. Mayor, she's ailing. We're taking a burden off her hands. Okay, sure. That's how it sounds to us. I'm asking how it's going to sound to the council. 
Not to mention the voters in Columbus or Toledo? I believe it's going to look like steadfast and competent leadership, Mr. Mayor. You identified a problem that your town needed fixed. You had your hesitations, of course, but you needed to think about what was best for Mount Absalom as a whole. So you made a decision that was in the interest of its citizens. A majority of its citizens. (laughs) I see what you did there, Chad. I wasn't trying to hide it, Mr. Mayor. Steadfast and competent leadership. Compassionate, also. Oh, I can work with that. Behold, the Eldridge Knot. I'm not even sure how you did that. It's tricky. It's perfect. Good. Well, I'm glad that's settled. You should give it a test drive at the meeting tonight. I suppose I will. You seem like you've given this a lot of thought, Chet. You're not, uh, angling for my job, are you? Well, somebody's going to have to do it when you're in Washington, sir. (laughs) All right, all right, Chet. Talk me through the approach. Let the minutes reflect that the Mount Absalom Town Council votes unanimously, 6-0, to zero, on Councilman Epstein's proposal to double all fines for unattended recreational fires. Unattended Moving recreational on. fires. Buckley, I'm going to name my first album that. That's what you should name your band. I work solo. Shh. Shh. I thought we were here to observe. We're here to be entertained. Bonnie Buckley's ongoing crusade to put together a high school varsity sports team stopped being entertaining two years ago. Mount Absalom's inability to field a regional caliber team in any major sport has been a long-standing bee in my bonnet. And I would like to take this opportunity But you see what I mean? I do. You're right. It's compelling, and I don't know why. Think of it as a wellness check on the town. When all they have to debate and vote on is this silly bullshit, then I know everything's going more or less fine. In closing... I urge the members of the town council to think about what Mount Absalom stands to gain with a state-of-the-art facility capable of providing our student-athletes with a... Hmm? Mount Absalom High School has less than 300 students. We tell you that every time. And how many of them are we underserving with our... our pathetic athletics program? Bonnie, please. Maureen! Mrs. Buckley's findings are entered into the minutes, and I also wish to state for the record that I'm not interested in having this discussion again. Most of us here would agree that we have larger bucks to hunt. Huh. This brings us to the end of our agenda, unless anybody has any... Uh, Excuse me. Is this a private meeting, or can any mayor join? Wait, is that... Sure is. Always with the grand entrance. Edgar! (laughs) What an unusual surprise! Ah, Maureen! Do you mind if I tack on a little proposal before we adjourn? It's a bit irregular, Edgar. I I know, I know. I'm I'm sorry. If you'd like, I can step outside and let you talk it over. Have yourselves a D'Souza's discussion. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's all right. If we can't make room for the mayor, (laughs) please step to the podium and tell us what's on your mind. I thought he was away. I've been trying to get an interview with him for weeks. Must have just gotten back. He's constantly in campaign mode. Or he's avoiding me. Also possible. Good evening, friends. It's such a thrill to be in a room with so many of you. And I wish 
I was taking up time on the agenda for less urgent reasons. Last night, I discovered a coffee stain on my perfect white teeth. Shh. <sighs> it's been brought to my attention that Mount Absalom has a $30,000 hole in its annual budget. He doesn't mean... And that this hole is the result of one business in our community. Oh, no. I am speaking regretfully of Fenwood House, which has for some time failed to submit... Now you wait one goddamn... Lily, don't! Mom! Give it a moment. And I know, I know how respected Dot Harper is in our community. But respect is not meant to act as a shield from obligation. And the sum of money owed by Dot Harper and Fenwood House is, to be sure, an obligation. In the past, some have argued that Fenwood House should be placed under stewardship of Mount Absalom by granting it landmark status and seizing the property under our right of eminent domain. That is not the argument I'm here to make today. Then what are you arguing, Edgar? Dot! Oh, you're here after all. One might say the same to you. Oh, I'm so relieved. We have an opportunity to discuss this publicly, Dot. Are you now? Oh, absolutely. You should have the opportunity to respond to me directly, not to some cold summary in the minutes. That's kind of you. So what's this proposal of yours? Uh, <clears throat> I'm here to propose the town council adopt a new five-point plan to further establish Mount Absalom as an Ohio tourism destination. And what's that have to do with me? Well, the plan focuses on positioning Fenwood House and the Mount Absalom Observatory as two of our key attractions. I've already secured a pledge from the Mount Absalom Historical Society to support the campaign with funds and personnel in connection to the observatory. If Dot is willing to grant control of Fenwood House to Mount Absalom for the sake of the tourism plan, I would then urge the town council to forgive her considerable debt. This is ridiculous. It's not even a legitimate debt. Dot, did you bring attorneys? I'm her daughter, Lily. And I'm an interested party. Abby Douglas, Fenwood House resident. They, them. Yes, of course. I've heard of both of you. It's very nice to put names to faces. Stuff your courtesy, you glad-handing bureaucrat. I appreciate your motivations here. I do. But I don't think any of this is your decision. Dot, would you be willing to make this gesture for the good of Mount Absalom? Oh, I see. Yes, this is very clever. You've always been so clever, Edgar. Everybody else is following directions. You'd have made a fine kindergarten teacher if somebody hadn't filled your head with ambition. If you have a statement you'd like to make in response, I'm happy to give you the floor. You don't get to give me the floor, Edgar. It doesn't belong to you. You want a statement, I'll give you a statement. I'm deeply annoyed, but I'll do it. Well, shit. I was so certain I had something about two dozen footsteps ago. This... This killer opening line that sounded so good in my head, and now it just... It sounds ridiculous, so I'm not gonna say it. Um, so... Give me a second. Dot. Dot, it's all right. You don't have to. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have thrown down the gauntlet like that. It's not fair to you. I... 
I've heard that you're not doing well, but you're Alzheimer's. And I think you realize that's why this proposal is for the best. Council members, I move that Fenwood House- I asked for a second, you can give me a goddamn second. Your time isn't worth as much as you think it is, Edgar. Yes. Okay. It's true. True enough, anyway. Apparently, I owe Mount Absalom about $30,000. No, let's be crystal fucking clear what I seem to owe. I, Dorothy Harper, owner and proprietress of Fenwood House, owe Mount Absalom $30,000 in unpaid bribery. Bribery that I and my great-uncle Grant and I don't know how many more of my family paid to Mount Absalom in exchange for Fenwood House being allowed to operate as a brothel. Wait, no. In exchange for Fenwood House being allowed to exist as a place that an absurd Ohio statute considers a potential brothel. Bribery that sometime in the past couple of years I forgot to pay. Because yes, I have started to forget things like paying my annual shakedown. And maybe some of you think that's beside the point. Mayor Lopez certainly seems to. Whatever the money represents, however unfair it may be, it's still something I owe to you. Except I don't think that's what I owe you. I don't think I owe you $30,000 or the right to pressure me into giving you a house that's been in my family for generations. I don't owe you anything except what I've always given this town, what this town has always given me. Because I don't think you make a town like Mount Absalom out of money. You make it out of... Out of... Out of... Out of being there. I mean, for each other. Being there for each other. All the things you say to each other, and the things you don't have to say, and the thoughts you might think, but you think better of saying, and the people, the ones who are in front of you, the ones who would be in front of you if they could, the ones who might not even be real people at all. I mean, that is... Never mind, I don't know what that means. Um, I'm trying to say that I do owe you. Not $30,000, but I do owe you. For... For... For being able to see all the stars at night. And the Celery Festival. And... And Marisol's record store. The Golden Needle. No, I mean the, the Golden Groove. The... The 1974 Elm Street, the, the way the crickets went silent when Rusty kissed me, to Sousa's fudge to ripple in the middle of August, all of, the, all of the things I haven't forgotten yet, the things I'm probably going to, and I'm so sorry. Fenwood House isn't a brothel, it never has been, but I hope that, I hope that it's been something else for some of you. I saw so many of you on Halloween, I was so happy to see you. I can't pay Mount Absalom $30,000. I can't pay back my debt, so I'm standing here now and asking that the debt be forgiven. I'm asking that I be forgiven. If there's anything I've ever done that has made you feel like I wasn't part of this community, that ever made you feel I didn't want to be here because I do want to stay, I want you to let me stay in my house. I want to make a few more memories here even if I know I'm going to lose them. That's... I think that's all. Mom. Dot. Huh. Hi. 
Hi, Lily Bell. I should probably stop talking. Mayor Lopez, take it away. Uh, I... Well, that—that uh, <clears throat> uh, that is... Excuse me, can I say something? Council recognizes Councilmember Epstein. What the hell are you thinking, Edgar? Well, I—I I told you, there's a budget shortfall, and, and it sounds to me like the only reason there's a budget shortfall is that this town has been perpetrating an injustice upon Dot Harper's family for generations now. Okay, That—that's certainly debatable, but right now we have a difficult situation. And it requires a difficult solution. My plan If this were such a difficult situation, you'd spend more time here working on it, instead of trying to get the rest of Ohio to make you senator. If you spent more time in Mount Absalom, you'd also know that nobody here is clamoring to have our community overrun with tourists, especially if it means doing harm to one of our own most valued members. Not today, not tomorrow, not while I'm still sitting here. Do you have anything you'd like to add, Mr. Mayor? No. I think I'm done. Um, council members... Council members. I'd like to, at this time, withdraw my proposal. Wait, Mayor Lopez, just hold on one moment. I'd like to withdraw my proposal, and I'd like to speak to my deputy mayor outside right now. Mayor's proposal is withdrawn, and I move this meeting be adjourned. Before that, I ask that at the next meeting, we discuss a referendum forgiving any debts owed to the town by Fenwood House. Heard and seconded. Meeting is adjourned. Good night, all. Safe walks home. I'm not 100% sure what just happened. I think you won, Mom. Huh. Fancy that. Whoa, hey, okay, watch the ribs. Mom, just take the hug and shut up for a second, all right? Sure. Sure. Can I ask something? You said Mayor Lopez is almost never here. Even almost is an understatement. He said, I've heard you're not doing well. He said you're Alzheimer's. Is this common knowledge? I thought this wasn't common knowledge. I haven't been talking it up. Marisol knows, but... No, that's fine. We can trust Marisol. So if we've kept it in a small circle, then how does Mayor Lopez, a guy who's never here, know that? He must have talked to someone. Well, whoever he talked to broke a handful of HIPAA laws telling him about it. Chester. That snake in the grass. How does he know? Mom, who recommended Dr. Laramie to you? Nobody. The insurance company. Do you remember who you talked to? Of course I don't. Nobody remembers who they talk to at insurance companies. Mom, I'm being serious. I'm not. No reason to be. Out in the open now. Half the town heard him. The other half will know by the end of the week. I thought I'd have a little more time before this part. Which part? The part where everybody starts treating me like I have Alzheimer's. Oh, well. Tomorrow. Lily Bell. Would you and Wes please go to the shelter in Julian and pick up a half a dozen cats? Stop it, Mom. Dress for the job you want, right? Mom, nobody's going to treat you as any less of a person. I won't let them. Neither Abby nor I will let them. I have no actual control over how people will treat you. Abby! But I will certainly try. All right. Thank you. 
I might still want a half dozen cats. I'm not doing it. And Wes doesn't go to Julian. Huh. Right. We still need to figure that out, don't we? This episode features Clarissa Cherie Rios as Lily, Marsha Harmon as Dot, Kathleen Hoyle as Abby, Pat King as Chester, Jose Donado as Mayor Edgar Lopez, Catherine Dvorak as Bonnie Buckley, Corbett Pascoe as Maureen D'Souza, Clint Worthington as Russell Epstein. Written by Bilal Dardai. Sound design by Sarah D. Espinoza. Directed by Jeffrey Nils Gardner. Music composed by Stephen Poon. Recording engineer, Mel Ruder. Unwell lead sound designer, Ryan Sheely. Executive producers, Eleanor Hyde and Jeffrey Nils Gardner. By HeartLife NFP. And a special thanks to our supporting producers, Steve Diamond, Bill Gardner, Calico Davis, Adam Goodman, J.D. Horn, Nick Keenan, McKenna Levine, Aurora Natalini, and Caitlin White. Heartlife wishes to acknowledge that the land where we live, work, and tell our stories is occupied land. Unwell takes place in southern Ohio, which is the territory of the Miami people. Unwell is produced in Chicago, Illinois, which is the territory of the Peoria, the Potawatomi, and the Miami peoples. The Delphic Order makes charitable contributions to a number of local organizations, including the Mount Absalom Historical Society, the Mount Absalom Public Library, the Mount Absalom Rotary Club, Mount Absalom High School, and Mount Absalom Family Medical. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish. This is Yanni, and welcome to season two of Harlem Queen. Thank you for listening. The season picks up with the search for Michelle. You are listening to the Floyd J. Calvin program. And now, straight to the headlines. Manhattan debutante and socialite Michelle Mondesir has been kidnapped from her Connecticut boarding school. There is a tri-state search for Mademoiselle Mondesir, who is 15 years of age, Caucasian, and was last seen yesterday evening going to her dormitory. Stephanie is frantic and she risks all in order to find her missing daughter. We will find Michelle. There are troopers all along the New Jersey and Pennsylvania highways. That's not enough. Madame Stephanie St. Clair posted a $10,000 reward for information that leads to the safe return of Ms. Mondesir. You need to take down your reward, Stephanie. I will not. Those no-good couples are already saying she's dead. The connection between the debutante and the numbers queen is unclear. And Stephanie still has to contend with Luciano and Schultz plotting to push her out of her own turf. Word on the street is that it's Schultz. Who cares about a lost colored girl? This one is white. Fifth Avenue debutant, a lot of money, well connected. And I want to find out why Stephanie is so fixated on the girl. Stephanie is highly invested in her safe return. What do you need me to do? I need you to cheese it. What about Sinclair? You tried to clip her twice. Is she pushing up daisies? No. We're going to get her another way. Even Halstein is suspicious. 
Is he truly a friend or a foe? She's putting herself behind the eight ball. There's something more there, and I need to find out. In the meantime, someone has to earn the money she's deciding not to earn. You have no power in this case, Stephanie. In fact, you're a liability. I will do everything in my power to get her home safe and sound. Listen up for season two. Harlem Queen is a recipient of the Lower Manhattan Cultural Council's Creative Engagement Grant. And once we all get through this safe and sound, we will have a live radio show of Harlem Queen this fall. More episodes to come. Take good care and stay well. <laughs>